So this is Adulting with Rebecca Adams. Hello and welcome to Series 2 of So This is Adulting. I'm continuing my quest to become a fully rounded adult today with the help of Lindsay, who will talk to me about the importance of body issues. Before I chat to her though, let me tell you a story. I am no size six and nor do I want to be. I have been self-conscious with my body for as long as I can remember. I might seem loud and confident, but on the inside, I am not. I have many stories relating to my body issues, but one in particular was about my old music manager, Yes, kids, I do music, but that is for a story for another time. This music manager was not a nice person and he was full of shit, aka just told me what I wanted to hear for over a year. I have been fortunate enough to have friends and family around me who make me feel beautiful even when I don't believe it. I was working with a music company to kickstart my career in music. The main CEO said he liked me and my music, but he thought I should lose some weight. Not because I needed to health-wise, but because I needed to be sexy for the industry. Mind you, at this point, I was a 21-year-old and was a size 8 to 10. Now, I take criticism fairly well, but if he said that to someone else, that might have caused an eating disorder or some other serious problem, because unfortunately, some people would do anything to be famous. At the time, this started to put some thoughts in my head that maybe I was fat or not pretty enough, or because one person who I trusted thought that. For weeks, I tried to be a different person and to try to be the size of someone who I thought everyone wanted to look at until one night it clicked to me. Why am I trying to lose weight if my doctor didn't tell me otherwise? Why? So men can think I'm sexy or girls can think I'm pretty? I want to be a good role model. And what sort of role model would I be if I was simply trying to fit the scale? No pun intended. I was going to lose weight because the entertainment industry told me that I should be. That was something I wasn't willing to do. From that day on, I decided, yes, I want to be surrounded by honest people who look out for me. But I want people who are going to let me be me, despite what the picture-perfect ideal person might be. Was I hurt that this man told me to lose weight? Yes. Was I going to listen to him? Yes. But being a young girl with a dream, you do think sometime that you will later regret. Luckily, I have the Maltese gene in me, which makes me stubborn and have an opinion, so I was able to tell him to go where the sun don't shine, because only God knows where or how unhealthy I would be right now if I'd listened to that dick. So this is adulting. To help me understand how to be totally body confident, I am joined by Lindsay. How are you going, Lindsay? I'm all right, thank you. How are you? You know, I am good. I can't complain considering we are in another lockdown. Well, no, technically we're not in another lockdown because at the moment the shop's open. Um, I just want to know though, how have the last past few months been for you? Not too shabby. I mean, my day job is being a working care. So my day job's working in care. So mm. that's been a little bit like brutal. <laughs> but <laughs> apart from that, I mean, I lost my granddad this year as well. But Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. It's all right. I mean, it is what it is, but cracking on, still carrying on. So it's yeah. For anyone that doesn't know who you are, how would you describe yourself, I guess, in 30 seconds? (laughs) So I'm Lindsay McGlone. I am the fierce fat feminist. I am a fat liberation activist, public speaker, somewhat of a social media influencer, stage manager and co-producer. And I talk about dismantling fat phobia. So what got you started in that? Because obviously body 
being body confident and body issues is a thing that a lot of a lot of even teenagers and adults go through. So what made you want to get into, I guess, that field or made you want to talk about this topic? Because I feel like it is a topic that not a lot of people talk about and your social media is you're always talking about it, which I find amazing because I'm very passionate about this. So what made you get into this, like to talk about it? Firstly, because I live in a marginalised body, so I'm fat. I would describe myself as fat. I am fat. I'm comfortable with the terminology. Um, And what society does is it treats marginalised bodies like the lesser. So body confidence and body positivity are actually really two separate things. So we need an understanding firstly are we talking about body confidence or are we talking about body positivity or are we talking about culmination of all of them yeah yeah well i think so what would your what's your terminology of being body confident so body confidence lies in the way that you look at yourself and how you feel about yourself and whether you're physically confident in your body. Body positivity is about accepting other body types as well as yourself and actively engaging with that conversation where we make sure that all bodies are treated the same and we are advocating for all bodies. Body confidence is very much how you feel about yourself, which is not a negative. We should feel body confident. But if I was talking about something in its truest form, what I advocate is fat liberation and body positivity, where we celebrate all body forms, especially those that are marginalised, because I live in a marginalised body and I know what it feels like to be in one. Yeah, yeah. Was there a particular moment that got you started to talking about this? So I was bullied at school, which, like, sometimes when I talk about it, I feel like it's here we go again, but it is very typical that you know, a larger person would be bullied in school because, you know, it's the easy scapegoat kind of thing. Oh, somebody's fat, somebody's larger. Let's take the mickey out of them. But I was bullied at school and I very quickly realised that that is just a general consensus of society, that larger bodies are bad. That's what they believe. And then that's when I started to talk because I was like, surely it's just not me that's come to this epiphany that's realised yeah. that it's way is treating me rather than my actual body type I started talking and this is where it got me so I must be saying something right (laughs) (laughs) no no exactly I'm so sorry that that happened to you it just baffles me how people can get teased just for being who they are and it just I'm very sorry that that happened to you but the fact that that made you then talk about it instead of keeping it in. That takes a lot of courage. So how long have you been doing this for? Was it, has it been like five years? I think I'm coming up to my third year now. I've always spoke about being bullied and things ever since yeah. I was in school. The realisation and the emphasis on how society treats larger bodies. A hundred percent. Would be within the last two years because in my adult life, I do get discriminated against because I am Mm. larger. And that's a fault of society, not a fault of mine. And when I was younger, even though I understood that I liked my body and that my body didn't cause me to feel, let's say, body confident, it didn't lack, it didn't mean that I lacked in confidence. I didn't have the maturity and the understanding to articulate that it was actually the way society treated me that made me feel rubbish about myself. So when I started to realise as an adult that basically just society treats larger bodies like rubbish, then Mm. that's when I started talking about it. 
I think we'll definitely touch base on that, what society thinks, because a bit later on, because there's a few topics as well that, because I completely agree with you, our society, it depends. I think it's, hopefully it is getting a bit better, but we'll touch base on it a bit more. But obviously our shows like Love Island, they're not exactly bringing a great position to people that do have body issues. But have you always been confident in your own body or were there times when you weren't? I've been confident in my physical appearance, but the way that I speak about it is I've not been confident because of, again, how I was trapped. So I would do things like I'd wear long sleeves to cover my arms. I used to tan a lot. I don't know where that phase came from. I used to wear like two pairs of leggings under my school trousers so that I'd look more oh my god I used to do that as well I used to wear two legs because I used to I used to be self-conscious of my legs in high school and we had to wear a kilt and then um all the girls would look so beautiful in their kilts with all skinny and then I would be self-conscious so I would just wear two leggings because I thought it made me look thinner but in hindsight who cares let's be like just you you are who you are so I know I used to do that as well (laughs) and I think like the interesting thing is it was never my goal or I was never the ideology of being slim was never the end goal for me it was just to Mm. be trek right so I think like that's where that morphed vision of oh well if I look slimmer I will be trek right it's not that I actually wanted to physically look slimmer it was because I saw how slimmer people would be trek in comparison to me so I think like that's not very much spoken about when people say they want to lose weight. Are they wanting to lose weight because they are not body confident, like you say, or are they wanting to lose weight because they're fed up with how they're getting trapped? And yeah. If we actually got down to the bottom of it, I think a lot of people would only be wanting to lose weight because they didn't like how they felt that they were seen in society. Yeah, not even they can even just get attention from the wrong sort of crowd, you know. Um, I know with me, because I, um, back in the day, I used to, I do have like body, I think I've always, I'll always be self um, conscious of my body, but I did see how back in the day, some particular guys would treat my skinnier friends. And I'm thinking about that now. I never, I'm not even kidding when you just said that maybe I wanted to lose weight back in the day, not just because I was self-conscious, but because maybe I wanted to get attention from these sort of males that I thought I needed. But I don't think you don't need to be, do you don't need to lose weight to be treated the same way? Because if people are going to treat you differently, why would you want to be, I guess, friendly with these people? And if you are getting picked on, there are people that you can speak to. When you were getting picked on, did you feel like there were people that you could talk to, like maybe a teacher or? I mean, like my family have always been great. Like every time I speak about my family, you know, I couldn't give them enough praise. Like they've always been bang. But obviously they weren't at school with me, so they could only do so much. And every time that the bullying was brought up, it was treated as isolated incidents, not as a collective of being bullied. Um, There was one teacher that, like, I felt 100% got me. She was my form tutor. She called me Sabdi. I still speak to her now. Not so much that she would, like, do anything in regards to the people that was bullying me, but she was just there to listen and... I'd scream, shout, swear, everything, and she were there through it all. You know, if it weren't for her, I don't know if I'd be here. Like, and I legitimately mean that, especially with school, because she just gave me that, like, space where I could just be like, this has happened, and swear, and shout, and 
you know, it wasn't just her, it was a collective of people. But in school, if we're talking about that space, she mm. has a massive, you know, part of the reason that I'm still here. Yeah, and of course, if anyone's listening and they are thinking um, any negative thoughts, there are a lot of places that you can call to talk to people with that sort of problems, I should say. But I just want to talk to you about internet trolls because on your Instagram, you do kind of call out a lot of internet trolls, which um, I love because I feel like not – I know what I do. I am If I see someone getting picked on, I'm one of those people that – talk back to those people even strangers I've had fights with people on the internet from like whether they're like from Jeffree Star's um, page like getting picked on I'm always those the type of person to like make sure no one is getting picked on on the internet so how do you cope with internet trolls and or do you do you still get internet trolls oh yeah of course I do I get it all the time (laughs) you know I got it when I was in hospital like it never ends yeah I mean it depends You've got to, it depends what space you're in. So I always say there's three ways of dealing it. First of all, block and roll. If you're in that space, you don't want to deal with it, just block and roll. That's what we call it in the industry, so to speak. <laughs> Secondly, reply with sarcasm or kindness. It is the easiest way to, you know, break them down, as in the sense that if you reply in a nice way, they don't. they can try and come back from it, but you know that they're like, They don't know where to go with it next. So reply with either sarcasm or kindness. And thirdly, if somebody wants to have a genuine debate and a genuine conversation and they're not being actually rude, they are being detrimental, but they're not being rude and they are starting a conversation, so to speak, I will engage in that until I feel that I can't engage anymore. I've got like an extremely supportive community that like if I haven't got the emotional energy you know they've got my back and Mm. that's the emphasis on community is important to me because people always say oh you're following and your followers they're not following and they're not followers to me they are my community I didn't have that you know they're 100% my community they're not following do you know what I mean? They're, they're yeah, people. no, of course. I think because I've grown with you as well and they it's all about being positive with each other, not just with yourself, being positive um, with each other, you know what I mean? Like if someone's saying nasty things about someone, it's not just about being, as you said, they're not just your followers. They're like, you're, yeah, you're all not friends, but I would say, but it's your support networks. And I think that's what, again, like, what I love most about your social pages because you can just tell that you're not just doing it just for a like. And as again, we'll touch by set on a bit more. It's just refreshing to see, but it's also, it just makes me so angry when I see internet trolls and people being still mean to people. And it's not even just about, um, let's say like bigger people. I, my old friend used to be actually very, very skinny and she used to get teased constantly for being very skinny. So that even happens to a lot of people. And I think, as you said, you either kill them with kindness or if you want to say something, if you are capable, just maybe just say something sarcastic, never show someone that it's affecting you. You can talk to professionals about that. Or maybe just, I know it sounds really lame. I sound like a grandma right now, but just ignore them. If you can, just ignore them. (laughs) Yeah. So I just wanted to touch base with you. So earlier you did mention about what society thinks you should sort of like think of. My main thing is about the covers of the magazine. So back in the day, 
like Marilyn Monroe used to be like a curvy looking cover. And when I was growing up, there was a lot of like stick models on the front cover. And I used to think that to be beautiful, quotation marks, beautiful, you need to look that way. Do you think front covers of these like glossy magazines are setting a bad example to younger adults? So what's your opinion on front covers of the magazine? So I, I personally wouldn't use the term stick thin. I know you didn't mean it in a detrimental way, but I wouldn't feel comfortable using that term. So like, yeah. I do believe that, yeah, they are detrimental in the sense that there's, I, I kind of hate this word now, but the diversity factor, there's no diversity. Well, there wasn't. It's getting a bit better, like you said, but there's not much diversity in the sense of what, you know, is determined beautiful um, and determined you know, desirable, and even to give up to the rhetoric that we need to be attractive or desirable is wrong in my mind. But when you're younger and you're impressionable, of course you want to be desired and be attractive and be what people see as beautiful. And if on the magazines all you're seeing is slimmer bodies and you're seeing, you know, no stretch marks, very toned, very idealistic bodies, that that is going to have detrimental impact on you because you're going to feel that you have to look like that to mm. then fill that quota. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. Did you, I don't know if you followed this. I think it was about a year or two ago. So Tess Holiday, she was on the Cosmopolitan cover and Piers Morgan basically said it's showing people about being unhealthy. I don't agree with what Piers Morgan said, but I'm really interested to know what you think about the whole controversy of Tess Holiday's. Like, what would you tell people? Is Tess Holiday's um, Cosmopolitan issue, did that set a good example or do you think it did show people that it was unhealthy? As, I mean, to see a larger person on the front cover of Cosmopolitan, if that worries you and affects you that much, I think you need to do some, like, internal work. Fat people do exist. Our bodies exist. Our personalities, our personas, as people, we exist in society. That means mm. that we are allowed space in society and we are allowed spaces that, were deemed that we're not able to be in. So somebody being on Cosmopolitan who's larger is not, it's not a, you know, it's not a brave thing. It's not an astounding thing. It just should be so. And the fact that we're having these conversations, and I don't mean in regards to us, I mean everybody that Piers Morgan, the, the fact that we're having these conversations just show the, the lack of diversity and the lack of showing bodies in society is flawed because if it shocks somebody that much that somebody of size 26 is on a cover of a magazine, especially like Cosmopolitan, then doesn't that show where we still are, where we still are in society, that that is such a talking and vocal point? One sense, rightly so, like, you know, thank goodness that we, we we had a little bit of representation, but why should we be on our knees so thankful that we've got one person representing, you know, a larger community when it should just be done? No, I completely agree with you. I think Piers Morgan was saying, though, that it's showing people that you're promoting being unhealthy, but then um, Tess Holiday and the Cosmopolitan editor was mentioning that Tess Holiday is not unhealthy 
she's not unhealthy. So I think that's what he was saying. It's just you're promoting someone who's apparently unhealthy, but they, but do you think it is promoting someone being unhealthy? But Tess Holiday said she wasn't. So firstly, again, I don't go with the rhetoric of our self-worth is on how healthy we are. Um, I don't have to justify our health to society. Um, And I think what Cosmopolitan and Tess Holliday have done there is actually quite, it's worrying that they've had to justify that they are healthy and that they're not promoting obesity through the sense that Tess Holiday is healthy. That's quite detrimental because mm. our work is not determined on our health and we have autonomy over our own bodies. But what I always say to people in regards to the promoting obesity, because I know that's what you would try to want to get down to, is I don't think that anybody looks at me and thinks, great, I want to be fat like Lindsay. I don't think anybody does that. I don't think that I'm impressionable on young people in that sense. I think I may be impressionable in the sense that people think, I hope that one day I feel that good about myself and don't let other people bother me. I think they feel that. I don't think anybody ever looks at these larger models and thinks, oh, I want to grow up to be fat and unhealthy. That's, you know, that's scaremongering. That's That's the fat phobics talking louder again and saying, oh, that's what people think when they see these, but it's not. Nobody thinks I want, well, I can't say nobody because I don't know, but I, I imagine that a large proportion of people don't see, for example, Tess Holiday on the front of a Cosmopolitan thinking, I'm going to grow up to be, to be large so that I can be on Cosmopolitan. No, I think you hit the nail on the head there. The fact Tess Holiday and the editor of Cosmopolitan had to justify or even explain Tess Holiday being healthy is was the issue here. And I think you hit the nail on the head. I think it should have just been like she doesn't have to explain her health to anyone and the fact that people even had it. Everyone's always entitled to their own opinion, but I think it's about – Again, if you have nothing nice to say, just don't say it at all. You have to trust that these people are doing the right thing. For example, my dad, let's say. My dad is average weight. He has been unhealthy before. He has, but he's an average weight. It doesn't mean that just because someone's either thinner or if someone might be a little larger, it doesn't mean they're not necessarily unhealthy. So I think you like you hit the nail on the head there. And I'm hoping that people, young adults, when they start to grow up, they this conversation is more so we don't have to justify anything. Sort of like when I was talking about when I was growing up, when I saw a th- like a thinner lady on a front cover of a magazine, my first point wasn't like, oh my God, I can I can see some bones. Is she unhealthy? Oh my God, I want to find out if she's unhealthy. Let's pop them on Good Morning Britain so we can find out and like slam her for that. No, my thing was, oh, should I, I, I should look like that. So I think he honestly hit the nail on the head there. What about pressures to look a certain way? What do you think of the pressure like women and men have placed upon them to I guess, look a certain way. I think the pressures that are put on people to look a certain way somewhat are internalised because of, again, like society, you know, like you say, the magazines and, you know, certain TV programmes and the rhetoric that being slimmer is more desirable. And also we have to get into the idea of 
feeling attractive and wanted to wanting to be attractive to other people i think you know a lot of what we're taught when we're younger especially when we're you know a lot younger it'll be like grandparents saying oh like if you don't look a certain way or not necessarily my grandparents like I say my family have been great but you do hear it like just for throwaway comments like oh if you keep eating like that you'll never find a partner and if you keep doing this <laughs> yeah partner, yeah I know what you mean when you're wearing that you're not going to find it you know and it's that instilled belief that we need to be attractive or desirable or have self-worth in that sense and really you you need to feel good for yourself not for any body else and if you are happy in your body or you are happy living a certain way and I mean truly happy like you know gut-wrenchingly happy or content I don't feel that you should change because of the way society makes you feel yeah no I agree and I think I kind of wish that I had that thought pattern growing up because there's a lot of I don't like to use the word mistake I really don't like to use that word, but I did spend a lot of my young adult life just worrying so much about what people thought of me. You know what I mean? I just like, I kind of wished I thought like that. And I do, I do think a bit differently now, but I really, yeah, I just kind of wish that, yeah, I sort of had that sort of mindset. And I hope that people that are listening to this can have have that mindset, you know, because it is, I know it sounds like a really big cliche, but you've got to love yourself before you let anyone else love you, you know. So I want to talk about, like, I don't mind these shows, but I don't like what it kind of does to all genders out there. So shows like Love Island, like X on the Beach, their cast really does, in my opinion, put out unrealistic expectation and it does promote a false society saying like for example they said like I think last year they're going to put a bigger model in that's in quotation marks I think her name was Amy but Amy I think she wasn't a bigger model so what do you think these shows do you think they're putting a like a bad vibe out there for people yeah, and I think it's great that you'll recognise, like I could tell by the way you were talking then, you'll recognise that we shouldn't be like grateful that they would dare put a larger model in that's not <laughs> larger. Like what are we meant to do, get on our hands and knees and clap? Like it, <laughs> it, it should just be so, shouldn't it? It should just be the given that if you are picking from Let's say you're picking from society blind, okay, in the sense that you're just picking at random. You are going to get larger people in that mix. You are going to get black people. You are going to get disabled people. You know, you're going to get people in that mix. So why do these shows not advocate or do that? Because they're going with society's standards of what beauty is and what is idealistic if they picked from society without casting without photos without anything there would be more of a variation of people you know there would be trans people there would be again there'd be black people there'd be fat people there'd be disabled people and it's not just about being larger it's about the lack of representation of all kinds of people in these shows that's all very much predominantly white cast it is slimmer people and they are all cis and predominantly straight. Like, why are we still in 2020 feeding (laughs) that idea that that is idealistic? Why are we still doing that? 
I feel so unrepresented watching those kind of shows. I can't even begin to imagine how other marginalised groups feel watching those shows. And it can yeah. just be a little bit boring because if they don't want to represent us, then that's on them. Like, I'm kind of done with it. Do you know what I mean? Oh, 100%. And I was really, really annoyed when they, when they, because I've always said this from the beginning, like, I don't just want to like slam Love Island. I'm just mentioning Love Island because this is what they said. So Love Island, there was a big article out saying, oh, there's going to, there's a big diverse of people, this, there's a, there's a bigger model. And I was waiting. I'm like, I said, I remember I said to my housemates at the time, when's this bigger model coming in? And by days and days out, one of my housemates was like, oh, it was, as I said, I think it was either Amy or Anna, I forgot her name, but, and I was like, are you kidding me? They're mentioning that this is the, again, quotation marks, the bigger model, and that kind of turned me off the show. And as I said, this is just my opinion. I know some people from Love Island, I'm not slamming, I'm just saying, as you mentioned, like these type of shows, I... I'm just going to be plain and simple. It pisses me off because what is it telling people? Like, oh, that's a bigger model. Are you kidding me? What happens if a younger girl that's so-called bigger than this, than that cast member is like, oh, well, if she's bigger, then maybe I'm bigger than that. I don't know. It just like puts a really bad taste in my mouth. And as you said, I'm getting bored of, of this as well. I probably shouldn't say that because I do know people from these shows, but I'm just kind of over these type of shows that are putting a, a false representation of what people should look like, you know, and whatever they call entertainment, you know. So, yeah. I think as well, I mean, to talk about the cast, it doesn't mean that you're a bad person to not recognise these things, but the cast could be more proactive in choosing where they are putting their time, the cast would be could be more proactive in asking, well, is there a diverse set of people? Have you got a larger person, an actual visibly fat person? Have you got disabled people? Have you got trans people? Have you got non-binary people? Have you got black people? Where's the diversity? Is the representation there? The cast can actually do that. They can yeah. ask those questions. And if they are not choosing to do that, then although they're not in charge of the program and they're not running the program then unfortunately it does lie with them a little bit and mm. as well as that I imagine there's people that have asked those questions and have turned down being on the show because of those reasons so we can't always pass the boat we've got to be you know accountable for ourselves and be asking those important questions especially if we're claiming we're body positive part of being body positive is sticking up for other body types and if we're not actively asking those questions or putting ourselves in those spaces then we are not body positive yeah no exactly no you're exactly right and I guess if you are a younger adult that are watching shows like this and you're seeing these girls in there these girls in these bikinis and these guys working out at the gym that they do every single day yeah but you have to remember at the end of the day these type of shows like Love Island X on the Beach those type of shows just don't let it get to you if you don't look like that because that is unrealistic and just be yourself and don't think you have to look like that because that's so-called cool because that's what's these type of shows. Are, I'm not saying they're doing this on purpose, but when I watch it, you kind of do think like, oh, um, well, I don't look like that, but I just can't imagine what maybe young adults might be thinking so if you are watching these shows and you kind of are feeling a bit down about it and what you look like don't compare yourself to anyone whether it's in a magazine a tv show a movie don't compare yourself to anyone that's what my father my my father is amazing whenever I've compared myself I'm like yeah but I don't look this certain way because of my industry especially I know that I look 
I, I'm not, I'm not like a size six. I know that I don't have blonde hair. Like, you know what I mean? That, that type of stereotypical look. And I've cried sometimes. I'm not going to lie. I've cried to my dad saying, I'm not going to ever make it because I don't look like this because some higher up people, executives have said to me, you're not going to make it because you don't look a certain way from what people from TV do. And my dad has always said to me, never compare yourself to other people. He's so right. Never compare yourself to people. You were born the way you were, you know? Yeah. It sounds like you've got a banging father. It sounds like. Oh, my dad's amazing. No, honestly, like I, just like you with your support family, my family has been amazing. So many times I've, I've just been like, no, I'm going to quit because I don't look this way. But no, my family, especially my dad, um, he's just said, don't compare yourself. So no, my dad's amazing. Um, so we have embraced like bigger actors and entertainers such as like Adele, Rebel Wilson, Melissa McCarthy. I absolutely love those um, actresses. But now that they've lost weight, what do you think, like, do you think that was like maybe a pressure to look good in Hollywood? What do you think that is telling people that were um, idolizing um, larger people like Adele, Rebel Wilson, Melissa McCarthy? Um, you know how now they've lost like a lot of weight and it was top news. I don't like it was top news that they were losing weight. What's your opinion on that? Uh, that we shouldn't be commenting on it. Like I know that sounds a bit, you know, passive about, but why do we need to comment on it in the sense that bodies do change and bodies are 100% entitled to change and, you know, to feel how they want to feel. And if they want to lose weight, that is, you know, I don't even need to be saying this, but it is, it's okay. Like I think a lot of what I do in the work that I do, people think that I'm practicing that, you know, people shouldn't lose weight and that slimmer people are awful people. And that's not what I'm trying to say at all. (laughs) But it brought out what it did highlight is how fat phobic society is in the sense that it was deemed the greatest possible thing that Adele has ever done is like, and Adele even said herself, I don't want people to comment on my weight loss. You know, she, she didn't actively put photos out there in the sense of, look how much weight I've lost. The tabloids did that to her. The papers did that to her. They slammed it as though she was showing off her weight loss and Adele's incredible weight loss. It wasn't Adele that did that. That wasn't Adele. It just shows and highlights how detrimental society is in the way that it when it when they lose weight Adele has you know done so many incredible things and have has actively spoke about living in a large body performing in a large body being in that space in a large body and it doesn't take away from all that but what's this, what you know the papers have done the tabloids have done have tried to erase all that because now she's lost weight so it's all right and that's how they are portraying it you know I would never comment on somebody's reason as to why they've lost weight in the sense that somebody's personal, you know, I can make assumptions and I can make generalizations, but I don't know why these people chose to lose weight. And I wouldn't comment on that because that's not my body. But the thing that it has highlighted massively is how fat phobic society is. And they think it's absolutely incredible that she's lost weight. But also on the other hand, I'd see people slating her saying that she looks ill and things. That's not our place to do that. We shouldn't be doing that. This person is still a person. If she, if she's in the media or whatever, Adele is still a person and Adele has autonomy over her body. 
like I do as a fat person, Adele has autonomy over her body. Let's just mm. look her out. It's like... <laughs> 100%. I know when I saw it was making news, I'm like, why is this making news for? Um, I'm so confused. Like, and as you said, like, Adele didn't talk about it. She's literally just posted a photo like she should. And then the media just picked it up. And again, what's that going to be showing younger people? Oh, if I am bigger, oh, I have to lose weight. No, you don't know why Adele lost weight. You know, you never know. Um, And I, you know what I mean? And you shouldn't have to know. And again, don't compare yourself and try not to read into these stories. Are there any, is there any like sort of celebrities or influencers, I should say, that you look up to in, in the industry that when you like, if, if you're feeling down, I'm not sure if you do, that you just look, look up to, I guess. More activists. I mean, the person that got me into what I do the most is Georgina Grogan of Sheffield. Like, I always say this, but I don't think she actually gets how much she has helped me. Just being visible and being seen and like she has read her, I have read her. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And it was actually when I was working, somebody at work said, oh, you remind me of Georgina Grogan. And I was like, who's that? And I had a look and I was like, oh, my gosh. It's like me. I'm, I'm here. I'm alive. Um, so, you know, uh, Georgina Grogan, activists like Jem Kennedy, they run Queers and Co. And, you know, they, more the fact that they've got my back, you know, they make me feel good because they reinforce mm-hmm. what I'm talking about. You know, just people in, like, the space that I'm in. That Yeah. You know, not, not so much inspire, I would say, get me. They understand me um, yeah. and the people that help me. And they're like, I always say I look up to people like Miss Piggy and Ursula because I do. I'm obsessed with Miss Piggy. And, you I know, love Miss Piggy. And I'm obsessed with Ursula. And, you know, I think it's kind of those ideas that, you, as a larger person, you cling on to whatever representation you've got. And um, mm-hmm. growing up, I always knew about Miss Piggy and Ursula because they were larger Disney, like, you know, Ursula were in Disney. But again, if we could get into the argument that Ursula were the bad villain person and that's how the scene divides <laughs> the bodies. But we won't because to me, you know, they've like been my alter ego. So, yeah, there, there is people in the spaces that I find myself in that I do massively look up to but I wouldn't say anybody in the public eye as such in regards to tv or anything yeah mine's Amy Schumer um I think the reason why I say that is because it just seems like she doesn't try so hard to fit in I feel like in this industry you like I've tried to I've mentioned it before like I've tried to fit in before but now that I'm not trying to fit in I feel more more content with myself because earlier before it's like you just have to be content, I guess, with yourself if you you know what I mean. So I feel like the mind will be Amy Schumer because when you look at her like Instagram again, she's not she just doesn't try. Um I know there's been a bit of the thing in the past with her apparently stealing some comedy lines, but I'm not talking about her in her career. I'm just talking about her as a person in general. Yeah. And from what I've looked at, she just doesn't try too hard. And I think it's just refreshing for someone who is successful like her. It's refreshing to see that, hey, you don't, and she's spoken up before about influencers, I should say. And I guess that's another topic. I just, um, but 
Yeah, mine would probably be Amy Schumer. I don't know, I just love her. I think just try not so hard and she's funny. I find her funny. I love strong women and that's why I think you're incredible, Lindsay. I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not just saying that. I think you just for what I'm gathering, you're just such a strong person and you just you just speak up about things and I think a lot of more people should do that and that's what I think you're like you're great from what you do and as you said it's not they're not your followers they're your community and I don't know I think you're great Lindsay I just think you're great um, <laughs> uh, just so just so to round things up what would you say is the one thing you shouldn't do if you want to become body confidence um so body confidence again is confidence in your own body so you know don't give in to societal pressures. Do what makes you happy. Remind yourself every single day that you have autonomy and choice over your own body. Although mm. I advocate for larger bodies, whether that means being slimmer, whether that means being larger, whether that means dyeing your hair blue, whatever you need to do to make your sen feel good, you know, as long as it's what genuinely makes you feel good and it's about you internally not how other people make you feel or society makes you feel then you know like crack on like just be you it's such a mm. cliche but the most refreshing thing that I ever did was just accept the way that I was and just yeah live my best life <laughs> and what would you say is the key to body confidence and I know you did mention that it's just like just accepting it but do you think there's anything else to key to body confidence is it writing so I write three good this might sound vain but I have to write things three good things about myself a day and I have to write my three highlights of the day is there any other key to body confidence that you would say I always say think about what your body physically enables you to do. And that is an, in an ableist sense. I'm not speaking about like the, you know, the common things. I'm not talking about running a marathon or, you know, yeah. <laughs> uh, highlighted incredible. But think of what your body has enabled you to do, whether it mm. changes, whether it alters. Your body physically enables you to do something. Essentially, your body is something that carries you through your life. My body has enabled me to care for my grandma. My body has enabled me to work in healthcare. My body has enabled me to stand on a stage and talk about what I'm passionate about. My body has enabled me to wear a really cool dress. You know, think about what your body has physically enabled you to do. And I know that if somebody who's listening or whatever really thinks about that, there is going to be something in there that makes you smile. So just think yeah. when you're having a down day or whatever, this body has enabled me to do, etc. And there will be something there. And, you know, hold on to that because it is so true. Oh, well, thank you so much, Lindsay, for coming on. Where can people find you? Because I can't, I know I've been boasting about your social media for like literally probably 45 minutes, but I can't stress enough to people to go follow you on Instagram. But so what? where can people find you? Okay, so you can find me at rolling with Lindsay underscore no G. So it's rolling with Lindsay. <laughs> um, that's my Instagram, and I am getting a website launch. So if you search Lindsay McGlown on Google, I should pop up somewhere on there. And <laughs> yeah, that's it. So this is adulting. Thanks to Lindsay for joining me on this episode. Don't forget to subscribe, leave us a review, and I'll see you soon.